0: Ephesians, the 5th chapter and the 18th verse, if you would. Ephesians, the 5th chapter and the 18th verse. I I use the New King James Version. Once in a while, we use some other versions. Uh, Those are on the screen. Uh, But let's read here. Uh, Because, you see, this month of January, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the church. The Holy Spirit and the church. And uh, we've been just looking at various and sundry things that pertain to the Holy Spirit and His activity within the body of Christ, the church. And so, let's continue with that this morning. Look at Ephesians 5.18, it says, Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. Now, that word dissipation, I didn't know what it meant originally, I had to look it up. It means that which leads to lewdness or debauchery or wickedness or wicked living. And you know when people get under the influence of of alcohol, they, they act pretty bizarre at times. Don't they? You know? So the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And actually, as you study this out, it actually reads like this in the original text. It says, be being filled with the Spirit. Or stay full of the Holy Spirit. I like to say it this way, stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You know, just like you can be under the influence of alcohol, and we shouldn't do that. The Bible says not to do that. But just like somebody could be under the influence of alcohol, you could also be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I've noticed this over the years, uh, been pastoring quite, quite a while and just, just observing for many years and, and, uh, even observed it in my own life at times. You know, Christians, Christians don't always stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You realize that? There's been times where, you know, you can ask my wife, I may have lost my temper. And, uh, you know, I wasn't under the influence of the Holy Spirit at that point. He was still living in me. He didn't leave me. But I wasn't, I wasn't yielding to him and being under his influence. And uh, I've also observed Christians, observed it in my, my own life, that there's been times where I've been heavily under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and there's other times that, that I haven't been. But, you know, I think it's important that we all make an effort to cooperate as Christians with the Holy Spirit and stay under His influence at all times. And so today I want to look at how Christians act when under the influence of the Holy Spirit. How Christians act when under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now let's first turn to Galatians, the 5th chapter and the 22nd verse. Galatians, the 5th chapter and the 22nd verse. Notice this. says, The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is... Now we're going to see how, how Christians act when under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Notice the fruit of the Spirit is what? It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so when, when a Christian is fully under the influence of the Holy Spirit, they're going to be walking in love. There's going to be joy about them. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if someone's under the influence of the Holy Spirit, there will be strength about them. Peace. We'll have peace. Uh, Long-suffering. We'll be able to put up with other people. How many has ever run across people that were were not easy to put up with? Besides me, you know. And how many of you have ever been a person that you haven't been that easy to put up, you know, put up, somebody put up with you? But... If we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we'll long-suffering, that means we'll, we'll be able to, to endure and put up with things, put up with people that aren't so loving. We'll be kind. You see, if you're under the influence of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit, there'll be a kindness about you and a goodness and a faithfulness. See, people that are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, Christians who are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, will be faithful. You know what the definition of faithfulness is, remember? Always doing what you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing it, with a good and a right attitude, right? So, you see, when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit as a Christian, you're going to be faithful. You're going to be gentle, you're going, there's going to be self-control about you. See, when I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit, I only eat one or two chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> but when I'm not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, when my wife's not watching, sometimes she helps me stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and you know, But when she's not watching and when I'm not under the influence, I might eat five or six, you know chocolate chip cookies. So we need to stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and uh, it'll be good. Um, Notice Acts 13.52, Acts 13.52. Just just some things here this morning about how Christians act when they're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Notice this, this is just another scripture here. Acts 13.52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They were under the influence. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were full of the Holy Spirit. And what do we see? A characteristic. They had joy, didn't they? They had joy. And with joy comes strength. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now let's go to Acts the second chapter and the first verse. And let's continue to look at some other other things we notice about Christians when they're under the influence. Under the influence. What would be a good title for this today? Under the influence. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts, the second chapter, first verse. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled, notice this, filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now just so you realize... Jesus had, had been raised from the dead. This group of people were meeting in a room. And remember, you can read in John's Gospel where he walked in there and he breathed on them. And he said, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on them. And as you study that out, that's when the disciples got born again. Remember, Jesus said, you must be born again. And back some days before this time here that we're reading about, the disciples got born of the Spirit. But then remember Jesus said, go into Jerusalem and wait there until you're endued with power from on high or until you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, there's being born of the Spirit and being baptized with the Spirit. When you repent of your sins and place your faith in the Lord Jesus, you get born of the Spirit. And He he comes to live on the inside of you. and, And He makes your life better. He really does. You get the life of God. And ultimately, you miss hell and make heaven. Isn't that wonderful? But then also there's an experience after that whereby it's very clear in Scripture you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that's called, you could say this, a baptism of power. And that's what was happening here. And look at verse 4. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak with other tongues. Spirit gives them the utterance. And notice this, though. There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. That that would be something, wouldn't it? Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? See, they were there. They knew these Galileans didn't know their home language. And yet they heard them speaking in their, in their home language. And, you know, it's interesting. People have asked, well, what, what did they hear them saying? Well, if you look at verse 11, pick up midway through that verse. Look at verse 11. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the what? The wonderful works of God. And then verse 12 says, So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Then in verse 13, others mocking said, They are full of new wine. Or, they were drunk. Notice, the whole crowd didn't think that the disciples were drunk. Like you'd be drunk on natural alcohol. Just the mockers said that. Did you ever notice that? Just the mockers said that they're drunk. The whole crowd didn't think they were drunk, just the mockers. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, verse 14, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words, for these are not drunk as ye suppose. These are not drunk as ye suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. And then in verse 17... He says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. See, these disciples here, there were 120 of them in number. They were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men see visions, your old men dream dreams. And then verse 37, now when they heard this, They were cut to the heart and said, the crowd now was cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children, to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation." Then, now watch this. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now, what I want you to get out of this, because much has been said from Acts' second chapter, but here's the main thing I want you to get. When a Christian, and these 120 Christians here, that were in the upper room, they got under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and as a result, 3000 people, 3000 sinners, think of that got saved. So what is what is a what is an evidence or what is an, what is what is how can we tell if some, if a Christian is under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Sinners are going to be getting saved. Sinners are going to be getting saved. Now, That's a great lesson to learn. And let's always realize that as we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the main thing that is on God's mind is sinners coming to Jesus and getting saved. That's the number one thing that God is concerned about. Number one thing. And so let's, you and I as Christians, let's yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and stay under His influence, and as a result, we'll see... People, sinners, get saved. Now then, let's go on with this. Acts, the fourth chapter. Acts, the fourth chapter in the 31st verse. Because if you were to take the time and read Acts 3 and on into Acts, the fourth chapter, you would see that these uh, Christians who were under the influence of the Holy Spirit, they went out into the world. How many of you, do you ever realize that the world will beat you down? The world, how many of you know it can zap you of your strength? I mean... It really can. And that's what happened. Peter and John, they had been out ministering and they came in up against opposition. And remember this, when you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the world will oppose you. It really will. And it will try to zap your strength. And that's what happened to the disciples. But they got together. They came to church. You know a good thing to do when you're down and out is get up and come to church. You know that's a real good thing. ...and get refired, you know, and re- re-get back under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And that's what these guys did. They came back, and I'm not going to take the time to read it all... ...but notice the result here in Acts 4.31. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken... ...and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you see, people have asked me about that. And they said, well, didn't they get filled back there in chapter 2? Yes, they did. But you see, it's easy, you be born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, but the affairs of life can can beat you down. And like I said a while ago, it's easy to get out from under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He's still in you, He's still with you, but you're not yielding to Him as you should. But you know what? Begin to pray, get back to it, and that's what they did. And notice, they got back under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And as they did, notice what happened. They spoke the word of God with what? With boldness. That's something else that will happen when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. There'll be a boldness about you. A boldness to tell people of the good news of Jesus. Amen. Then also too... As we move to Acts the 13th chapter, Acts 13 and 9, we're just looking at some examples of how people act when they're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Apostle uh, Paul, well, he started out as Saul. He was a persecutor of the church. And then he, he got saved. And then his name was eventually changed to Paul. But he eventually, in the process of time, he went out into his, on his first missionary journey. And he had just, if you read read in there in in Acts, the 13th chapter there and whatnot, right up above verse 9, you'll see that he he went out on his first missionary journey. Did you know that I've noticed when people step out to do something for God, right right at the onset of that is when the devil will fight you the hardest. And he'll come against you in every which way shape, form, and fashion that, that he can, can think of. And that's what happened to, to Saul or Paul when he went out on his first, mission, first missionary journey. He, uh, he was opposed by somebody called Elamus, Elamus, who was a sorcerer. And it's interesting here as you, as you read in Acts 13, verse 9, then Saul, who also is called Paul, notice this, filled with the Holy Spirit. So you see, he's under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He looked intently at him, at the sorcerer, and said to him, O full of deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil. Wow, that's pretty strong talk, isn't it? You enemy of all righteousness, you will not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord. And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind. Wow. Not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. See, if you'll stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit, when the devil opposes you, you'll be able to resist him in the name of Jesus and the power of God will leave the devil in the dark. And that's what happened here. And then... Notice then at verse 12, again, see, God is concerned about sinners getting saved. Then the proconsul, notice what happened. The proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So not only, you see, when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and be victorious over him, but also, there again, you see, somebody got saved out of this. So let's stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit and let's be yielded to Him and let's do what He wants us to do and when the devil rears his ugly head and comes comes against us to discourage us or put us down or whatever it is, we can resist him and leave him in the dark and not only that people will get saved out of it. Amen. Now, here's something else I want to Point out. Let's go to Acts the sixth chapter. Let's go to Acts the sixth chapter, and the first verse. We're just talking again about Christians being under the influence. Christians under the influence, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. See, let's don't be drunk on wine, but let's be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts the sixth chapter and the first verse. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude, that's the twelve apostles, summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit. Notice that, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who who we may appoint over this business. Now, it's interesting, when the apostles started looking for people, for Christians to serve in the church... They started looking for Christians who were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And notice what they said again. Verse 3, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. See, they were looking for people, Christians, that were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then verse 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose, notice they chose, there were seven of them, they chose Stephen, Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. So Stephen, I mean, he was under the influence, wasn't he? under the influence of the Holy Spirit, which qualified him to serve in the house of God. And that's who the apostles were looking for. And you see, they they found seven men that were under the influence to serve. And Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and then they noted five others. But you see, and you need to listen carefully, when a Christian is under the influence of the Holy Spirit... They're going to be willing to serve in whatever capacity God needs them in. Did did you see that? And, And so that's another characteristic of somebody under the influence of the Holy Spirit. They're going to be available to serve in whatever area it is that God needs them to serve in. See, these are just characteristics of people, Christians, who are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm a teacher and repetitions the seed of learning. So so we'll just go over it and over it and you'll get it. Is that right? Now, notice this. Let's go to Acts the 11th chapter. You learning some things today? How many is under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Now look at Acts the 11th chapter and the 22nd verse talks about a man named Barnabas. Remember, he was Paul's traveling, missionary traveling companion. I'm getting tongue-tangled here today. Uh, Tang-tangled or whatever. But uh, that's never happened to you, has it? But Barnabas was Paul's traveling companion on that first missionary uh, journey. And... uh, and Paul, uh, Barnabas was a man of encouragement. His, his name actually meant encouragement. But look at verse 22, Acts 11:22. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came, he had seen the grace of God. He was glad and noticed and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Now think about this right here. Talking about a Christian named Barnabas, who was under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Notice verse 24. It said he was a good man, and he was full of the Holy Spirit. So we could say it this way. He was under the influence, you see. He was under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And notice in verse 23 what happened. He encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. So somebody that's a Christian that's under the influence of the Holy Spirit is going to encourage people and and lift people up and, 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 and build them up. You see, Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit. He was under the influence of the Holy Spirit and he encouraged people. Now, in verse 24, it also said that a great many people were added to the Lord. Well, we can also, we've been seeing this all along, that when a Christian is under the influence of the Holy Spirit they are going to bring people to Jesus Christ. Well, you see that again and again and again. As Christians are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, uh, people, sinners, get saved. But you know what? I, uh, I've come today, and I've come here and I stand here under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm under the influence even as I speak to you right now. And you know what? I just want to encourage you to continue with the Lord. I want to encourage everybody here. Let's continue with the Lord. Maybe you came here today and you're a little bit down. Maybe, maybe the dream that God has given you hasn't come to pass like you thought it should. Maybe the things that you've, you know, you thought you would have accomplished by now in life, maybe, maybe they haven't been accomplished, you know. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe the situation at work isn't so good or maybe maybe you're here today and maybe you know maybe y- your job is in jeopardy or maybe you've been laid off or maybe you know you've been serving God for a while and, and and you just you know things just haven't been going like you thought that they should but i've come today under the influence of the holy spirit to encourage you and say hey guys let's continue on with the lord Let's continue on with the Lord. This is not a time to stop. This is a time to refire and let's let's lift up our heads and look up to the to up to the to the to the sky up to the far sides of the north where the Lord is. I tell you there's hope. In God, there's hope. In Jesus, there's hope. With the Holy Ghost, there's hope, you see. And so we have, we have Almighty God. He, we're on His side. We're gonna win, praise God. So don't quit now. Don't give up now. Don't throw in the towel now. Don't give up the ship now. Let's hold on, praise God. Somebody said, well, I'm at the end of my rope, Pastor. I just don't know how much longer I can go. Well, do like one guy said. Tie a knot on the end of it and hang on in Jesus' name. Amen. And hang on to the Word of God. Hold fast to the Word of God. We can make it. In Christ we can make it. In Christ we can do all things. Amen. I'm excited about that. Praise God. Good days ahead. Good days ahead for you. Good days ahead for this church. We're going to reach out and help people like we haven't helped them uh, up, up till now. Boy, I tell you what, just I'm excited about what God has for all of us. He wants us all to be under the influence and go out and encourage people and lift them up and help them see sinners get saved, see sick people get healed, see people that are under oppression and depression get free of that. Are you all with me? Praise God. Good days ahead. So I just want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Let's go on with God. And as long as we follow Him and stay close to Him, praise God, good things will happen. Oh, we may hit some bumps in the road... But you know what? We hold on to the Word of God, and we take the Word of God in our faith, and we we get those bumps out of the way, and we move right on. Praise God, and help as many people as we can. So I'm encouraging you today, today, under the influence here, encouraging you with purpose of heart that you should continue with the Lord. So let's let's continue. I'm going to. How about you? And then we'll, we'll close, let's just look here at, at one more passage. Look at Acts 9.26, a little more on Barnabas. Look at this, Acts 9.26, look at this. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, now Saul eventually became the Apostle Paul. When Saul had come to Jerusalem, this is Acts 9.26, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. And did not believe that he was a disciple. Now this is talking about the Apostle Paul. But you need to realize he didn't start out as Paul. He started out as Saul. And he was a persecutor of the church. And then he got saved, you see. And, 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 and baptized with the Spirit. And he came under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then he tried to join the disciples. But they were all afraid of him. Well, I can't blame them, can you? I mean Saul before he got saved wasn't a nice guy. He went about putting Christians in prison and had them beaten and and and, and stoned, you know, uh, to death. And all of that, you know. He was a bad guy, but thank God he got saved. But you see the Christians didn't want to associate with with Saul because they were afraid of him. But notice, remember Barnabas, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Notice verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road. You know, how, how that Saul had seen the Lord. And that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. Now, I read this just to show you that here we have... Saul, who just got saved, and now he wants to associate with the Christians, but they're not going to associate with him because they're afraid of him. And here comes Barnabas along, under the influence, and he he takes Saul and he stands up for him, lovingly stands up for him, and says to to the apostles, hey, this guy's okay. Now you know that must have brought great encouragement to Saul. Must have brought great encouragement to him. And did you ever think about it? After this, God used Saul, his name was changed to Paul, used him to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. And just think if Barnabas wouldn't have been under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he might not have sought Saul out and encouraged him. Did you ever think about that? So you see, I'm glad Barnabas was under the influence. He he went around and he encouraged people and he built people up and he lifted their spirits up. And and, and right here he helped Saul. And then God was able to use Saul as Paul to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. You know, in my life, I've run across people, Christians at times, when I was down. And they were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. They really encouraged me and lifted me up. And I'm so glad that they were there farming me in those times under the influence, and I just want to encourage you and, and all of us. Let's stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Let's stay under that influence, and uh, and good things will happen. So, let's see if you learned anything here today. Just just before we dismiss and, and close, if a Christian's under the influence of the Holy Spirit. What's probably the main thing that you'll see happen? Somebody raise your hand real high. I won't call on anybody and put you on the spot unless you want me to. Okay, what's one thing that you see when somebody's under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Maddie? People are going to get saved. What's something else? Let's see if we can get three or four of these. Vicky Shows love. That was the second thing on my list. Wow, that's good. Okay, let's get another one. Anybody else? You... Joy, joy. Well, that's the next one on my list. Boy, you're all taking notes. Can we get a couple of more? How about a couple of more? You raise your hand real high now. Yeah, Dale. Patience. That's good. Can we get a few more? Long suffering. Long suffering. Long suffering. Let me let me give you some true or false here. Will a Christian under the influence be kind? Yes. Yes. You <laughs> Reminds me of when I was teaching school. (laughs) True or false? And you say yes. Come on, guys. Yes or no? (laughs) Will a Christian under the influence be faithful? All right. I'm not going to do this anymore. Stand with me. Praise God.